One of the greatest and I came to kill it I'm the biggest problem when I'm in the building Money on my mind, I came to take it all Got my gurus right behind me, the revolution's born What up? Let's get weird. It is the Thursday free non-subscriber only podcast, freeloader podcast as we like to call it, at fantasyguruelite.com. We like to do these midweek where we've done a little bit of research, not too deep. Uh, We'll get more into the Thursday night game. We'll talk about kind of some injury news and notes, some players who we want to keep our eye on. We'll do a little bit of chalk report, kind of give you a first glance at who's going to be a little bit chalky, uh, and then maybe a couple of mispricings, uh, just a little, little sneak preview. There's a guy priced at zero on one of the sites right now, so we'll discuss that a little bit. But before we get deep into this, I want to introduce my boys over here. One of them you know very well from the podcast. He's been on absolutely white-hot fire this whole NFL season. Magic Sports Guy, you hit him up on Twitter, at Magic Sports Guy. Kevin Adams, what's up, my bra? What's up, Tommy G.? You getting over the uh, the World Series last night? That was a phenomenal game, wasn't it? I know you you came out on the wrong side, but damn, dude, that was so yeah, close. Man. I made it through the night without punching any walls, or <laughs> you know, it was close though because I was in a bar and I was at a point where I was taunting the whole entire bar who was obviously rooting for the Cubs, and I pretty much lost my fucking mind. But uh, did end up probably lucking out that Cleveland lost that game because <laughs> I probably would have been the Target of all their aggression had Cleveland won, which would have made for an interesting night. But I'm over it. And we have a special guest. We like to do special guests on the midweek pod here. Uh, you know him very well, especially if you subscribe to fantasyguru.com or listen to the SiriusXM show, Guru Elite DFS. He's my co-host on Thursdays. We'll be co-hosting again today at 2 p.m. Eastern, Series 210, XM87. You can find him on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan. Big game, Joey Dolan. What's up, Joey Donuts? Hello, boys. I'm doing all right. How are, how are you doing? Uh, I was uh, also on the Cleveland side of that game last night. I wasn't uh, in a bar threatening to get killed over it, but um, <laughs> it was one of those situations where before the series started, Cleveland was such a ridiculously huge underdog, which is absurd in baseball. Right. Um, that I put a little, you know, cheap. You have to throw a couple shackles on them. At um, plus it, it, and like, it was one of those things where like, yeah, I understand the Cubs are the better team, but this was out of whack. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it didn't work out for me, but I also didn't go too nuts on the bet. So I'm, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, the thing about it is it was, in my opinion, I mean, one of the ways you have to look at it is basically from the second you put that bet down all the way through to game seven, you pretty much had a plus EV bet. You know, the line was mm-hmm. basically the best line you pretty much could have got it was the initial line you got it at. And it, it got to a point where Cleveland was a minus 170 favorite, I believe. So, I mean, it was it was good move up 3-1, just a matter of uh, didn't work out. But, I just yeah. wish I had been smart enough to look at what the Cubs money line would have been when they were down 3-1. To that was it. the play. That's what I did with the Cleveland Cavaliers, Kevin. Remembers yeah, that's that. it was championship. stupid. But I didn't put too much on it, so I'm not too upset about it. Yeah, our guy MLB model was talking about just that. Like, he – he does that in the NFL and, and the NBA, too, where he'll, like, 
you know, take the field against the Warriors, and then once the Warriors get in the finals, he'll he'll hedge it with the Warriors. You know, it's kind of. Oh, I, I made a killing doing that during the NCAA tournament. I usually go in there because I'm actually pretty good with college basketball, and uh, that's one of the things. I take a bunch of long shots early in the season. And then everyone's like, well, you got a 65 to one underdog. Yeah, they made the tournament, but you're not going to win any money. It's like, no, I am because I could hedge this the whole way down, basically. Yeah. So, yeah. That's a strategy. I did hedge out a little bit, so I will admit that. But anyway, let's get to football. That's what the people want to hear. Before we do that, though, let's talk a little bit about the site. Uh, we, yeah, you guys know what's been going on with NFL. We've been doing you know, great job over there with NFL. The Optimizer's been doing well. Every article but mine has been doing great. Um, just kidding. I had a good start. been cold the last few weeks. Kevin's been absolutely smashing, so I think I'm going to turn into a FGE subscriber and just read it right off Kevin's desk. Article <laughs> and cheat sheets this week. Been absolutely murdering the world literally every week that he plays. Uh, but the big thing that we have going on right now is NBA. Uh, NBA has been exploding to a level, Kev, I don't even think me and you thought was physically possible. Um, love you guys for, again, I mean, it's it just constantly – impresses us and, and makes us feel really comfortable and happy about this venture. Uh, the amount of subscriptions that you guys have come through with and how much you guys love it. The FanDuel optimizer is literally undefeated still. And it avoided the Tommy sports guy jinx because me and Kevin went all in on it yesterday and figured that would be the day that it crashes because we haven't been playing too much NBA and it even withheld our jinx. So uh, Kev, real quick before we get to the football with Joe here, just give us some uh, some info on what's going on with NBA and, and the other sports right now. Well, yeah, and I definitely want to like talk about the fact that it's so hot. I mean, it is six and zero, oh, so the temptation. No, it's, it's more than that. It's like nine and zero. Oh. Okay, well, it's awesome. I mean, it's literally like a money printing machine right now. I know a lot of people think it's from the future, which I think is funny. I do. <laughs> <laughs> but so the temptation here is to push all your chips into the middle of the table tonight and this weekend. And I really want to advise everyone to not do that. That it, Unless you're sitting in a large mansion, you know, with a boat outside, um, I advise that you stay within the confines of whatever bankroll plan that you've set up for yourself and not really – deviate that like take out the money put it in your account take the wife out buy the kid something like don't just go put it all back on games i know fan and DraftKings are like what the fuck is this guy saying right now put it all in you know oh, wait a minute i can say that word on this oh, oh you can, is... yeah you can say whatever you want Dolan. oh tommy you want to get a couple you want to get a couple out now just to practice uh, yeah look, hold on balls yes yeah. <laughs> All right, that felt pretty good. Way to yeah. go to the wall. Way to go to the wall there, Dylan. That <laughs> yeah. felt pretty good. The DFS community has been craving for some cussing, and we get like two to three messages a week that say, these guys are crude, and I can't believe they said fuck. And then we get <laughs> – And then we to get – which I tell them, go fuck yourself. And then we get 700 that say, finally, dude, like a DFS show that just talks like people talk. Um, I mean, we're all like degenerate, like the same basic, like demographic, you know what I mean? Like in that 30 something range. So we like to curse a little bit, you know, deal with it. Yeah, so that's good. And as far as, yeah, what Kevin's saying there, as far as what the optimizers are doing right now, it's not sustainable. I mean, I think Jeff said it yesterday. I don't think it's going to go undefeated for the whole year. I would love if it does because we'll all retire at the end of 2016. But, you know, have realistic expectations. It's obviously, and we said it before this season, and any of you listening that have a company that have optimizers, um, listen closely. 
it's obviously the best optimizer in the industry. We knew that coming into the season. It's intuitive. It updates by the minute. It takes every piece of news and analytics. Plus, we have a guy behind it who actually has been involved with a lot of, I can't really give too much details, but a lot of Vegas stuff. Let's do it that way. So it's more than just an optimizer. It's actually going in there and factoring very heavily, weighting very heavily the Vegas side of the equation. Uh, and it, it's just a phenomenal product. Andy's, the, Andy's reviewing stuff with Hefe. Like he's like, hey, Optimizer saying this and they review minutes. And it's like, it's been a, like a well-tuned machine. So it's really, really cool to see. Um, I will definitely say to always remember to run it late. And I'm always trying to teach everyone that it's not the Optimizer that's doing this, folks. It's the projection model. That's what you paid the money for. It's the model. The optimizer is is basically switching. filtering the data. That's basically filtering the data and spitting out the most points it can get from our proprietary projections. But it's the yeah, and I want to I want to and I want to get to Dolan in a second. Joe, I'm sorry to keep you here for for. It is long. fine. I'm enjoying listening to talk because I'll be completely honest, guys. I usually focus on NBA DFS, which I like. Uh, I use I do that in golf in the NFL off season. Right. But uh, you guys are really tempted. Right yeah, well, get yeah, over you, there, dude. You can literally log in at like 3.45 like I did. Yet. I mean, dude, literally I logged in at 3.45 yesterday. I threw in five teams in the monster, right? Um, yeah. One was the, the like the optimal and then four variations, like throwing in some Jeff picks. And I cashed three out of five and one finished in 10th place. So I, yeah, me and Kevin were both up like $18,000 at one point late. And we don't haven't done a stitch of research all year. So, yeah. Dolan, I'll, I'll walk you through it after this. And another thing to do, guys – because I saw some of you going, ah, I'm in an 18-man tie in this 50-50. Well, obviously, we have a lot of subscribers. Yeah. Don't lot try to win a GPP with it. You're trying to Well, cap. no, you can. You can. I disagree with that 100%. Like, well, you might you tie. Do, you might tie with know. someone. No, shut the fuck up. Listen, what you do is in the 50-50s, it doesn't matter if you tie. But if you're playing in a GPP, what I did yesterday, I took one of Jeff's favorite picks or one or two of the ones that I really loved from Jeff, and I put those two in and then optimized around it. And yeah, but once you do that, unique. you're not really playing the optimal. You're, yes, you are. Yes, no, you are. you're not. Yes, you are. Well, I had the same conversation with Benny and Jeff, and all we can bring MLB model no, on. For cash day. games, no, but for GPPs, you don't need okay. to play the exact optimal. Fair enough. But I'm just saying, like, don't email us and say, I took out Anthony Davis and put in Julius Randle, and I didn't cash in my 50-50s. Well, no shit, dude, because you you deviated from the optimal. You know what right. I'm saying? So, Actually, just don't email us at all. Yeah. <laughs> and, and Actually, by the way, last thing I should address. On Twitter, guys, I am not your tech support guy. I am not your subscription support guy. I am not like your NBA guy. I mean, I know you guys like to tweet at us You know, immediately. We have a whole customer support region in our company. It is support at fantasyguruelite.com. So if you want to talk about subscription upgrades and how do I get access to the optimizer and all this kind of stuff? I'm, I'm not ignoring you. It's just there's thousands of these things that come in over the course of a month. So well, we'll give out Joe's cell phone at the end. <laughs> oh, they, no. And they yeah. can just hit him up via text message when they have yeah. a question. Just all send right. support tickets first, at least. And then if for some reason you didn't get a response, then come to us. But we are not your, your tech support people. So, uh, all right, let's get to the football stuff. We've had Joe Dolan sitting here waiting for way too long. So, Joey Donuts. What, uh, what do you see this week? Let's do kind of like a 5,000-foot look at what's going on for this week. I know we have some injuries. We have some high totals on the Vegas side. We have, you know, a lot of buys. What's, what's your kind of lay of the land this week to start it Well, off? first and foremost, I think the big injury um, 
is the Alex Smith one in Kansas City. At least in terms of what it does to that chief offense, they're going up against Jacksonville. Um, and look, I don't know what in the living hell the Chiefs are doing. They're saying, hey, Alex Smith doesn't have a concussion. He's fine. He leaves the game twice in concussion protocol, and they're holding him out this week. So I'm not really sure what he has if it's not a concussion. Uh, If they're being precautionary, that's great. Um, I applaud that, but the fact is that they're holding him out. They went public with their trainer, Rick Burkholder, saying he doesn't have a concussion. Um, I'm a little puzzled by their entire approach, but nonetheless, Alex Smith is out, and What this does, in my opinion, is it completely changes the chief offense. It doesn't mean they're running something different. It just means they're going to run elements of that offense more than they did with Smith. Obviously, with Nick Foles in there, they're not going to have the zone read element to the offense that Alex Smith provided them. But Foles, as you saw last week, guys, I mean, the guy will attack down the field reason Nick Foles got traded from Philadelphia and the reason he got released by Los Angeles is because his consistency is nil. They didn't didn't know what they were going to get from him from game to game after that red-hot 2013 season he had, but really from play to play. I mean, he'll he'll take a shot down the field into triple coverage, or he'll have Jeremy Macklin wide open and he'll throw it five yards out of bounds. But what they will have is a little bit different element to this offense. I wonder what that does for Chris Conley. Tyreek Hill, in addition to Jeremy Macklin. I think Macklin will see a lot of Jalen Ramsey this weekend, which is an issue. Um, But obviously, Travis Kelsey had a big game last week, too, also in part with Smith. So I'm interested to see what the Kansas City offense does here. And that's without even talking about the backfield. Obviously, you want to talk chalk. Charkandrick West, if Spencer Ware doesn't play, is going to be chalk as hell against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Let me ask you one follow-up on this, Dolan, because you're the best, I would say, in the entire industry at analyzing kind of schemes and stuff. We talk about it on the radio show all the time. I just love your schematic analysis. So what obviously Chuck Kendrick West, and I call him Chalk Kendrick West because he's always chalk when he gets to start. But he's obviously going to be in play no matter what this does to the offense. But who do you think, if you had to guess, who do you think benefits the most from this full switch? Is it Conley? Is it Hill? Is it Kelsey? We obviously know Macklin has a tough matchup. So if you had to go through those three, who do you think benefits the most? My guess, if I had to say, would be Conley. And in this matchup specifically, because I think Jeremy Macklin is going to draw the attention of the defense. Now, the reason I say Conley is because he's the guy playing snaps. Tyreek Hill is one of those guys. Andy Reid is a schemer. So Tyreek Hill could play 15 snaps. And on those 15 snaps, he'll have 10 plays drawn up for him. But as you guys know, that doesn't mean he's going to catch 10 passes. It just means he's going to be the primary or secondary read on those plays. So Tyreek Hill is a prayer type of play. Now, he's one of the fastest players in the entire NFL, as we've seen. But he doesn't play a whole lot. And that really makes him GPP type only for DFS. I think Conley is probably the guy who benefits the most because I don't think he'll command as much attention from the defense. And he plays the second largest share of snaps in this receiving core behind Jeremy Macklin. So I think that's the guy with his size and speed who probably benefits the most from, from uh, Nick Foles. Add on to the fact that Jalen Ramsey's probably going to be following around Jeremy Macklin, at least partially in this game. I think Conley is interesting. Though, keep in mind, Jacksonville isn't a bad matchup, but it's certainly not the, oh, my God, you got to load up on everybody in this game. Their secondary has actually been pretty good. Their back seven has been pretty good. Pazluzny and Telvin Smith at the linebacker position. Cyprian uh, covering the tight end from the safety position. 
might, those might make you a little wary about uh, Travis Kelsey this week. And, of course, with Ramsey, Amukamara, they've been playing – pretty well in the secondary so it's not one of those oh my god load up on cash uh type of situations but i do think conley benefits simply by the fact that nick Foles is going to attack down the field yeah and kevin if you had anything else to add on that i don't know how you could <laughs> he pretty much nailed every single aspect of it i wanted to kick over to you as far as demarco murray derrick henry we know demarco murray is ranked very high we know he's someone that we've been liking to target and feasting on. Uh, Dolan, the guru rankings, have had him up there, one of the few companies that have actually had him at the top pretty much every single week. Are we worried, Kevin, about Derrick Henry at all? Are you not, all worried about him cutting into his carries? Not in the slightest. So talk to me. Why? Because you should be, I think. Oh, I, I don't at all. Like, if anything, it's fine. Like, I mean – you, there's no back anymore that literally gets 100% of carries unless you're like Jaquiz Rogers, in, you know, two weeks ago. So it's really not a big deal to have a complimentary back. And I just DeMarco Murray is playing so well. And we've been attacking San Diego with pass-catching running backs all year. And now this week we're not going to? Oh, no, no, no. Give me all the DeMarco Murray. He's going to catch like five, six balls in addition to his – 80 to 90 yards and a touchdown. So I'm all in. See, my concern here is that Murray's limited on top of having Henry take full series. You know, it wasn't like he was going in there for a couple plays and then going out inside the 20. We saw Henry dominate in full series last week, literally where they were just giving him the whole series. That worries me a little bit. I, I don't well, mind. Good. I like it because my percentage is going to be. Oh, no. The, the ownership percentage will drop, but. Yep. You know, with the little dinged up injury here on top of that, Dolan, what's your what, how do you see this timeshare working out? Real quick before we go to Joe, dude, he had 21 carries for 123 yards. They were winning 117. In a blowout, he had a fucking baseball hat on for the fourth quarter, Tommy, and he still produced uh, running back one number. So don't worry about Henry, people. Just focus on the matchup, and it's amazing for DeMarco. Uh, here's the, I think Kevin's right. I mean, his ownership might be way down, especially because if Tarkandrick West is, is uh, going to be the lead guy, well, you're going to be able to go cheap for, for him and then go expensive somewhere else if you want to go with Murray. Here's my question. Why, if DeMarco Murray is okay to play, why would the Titans go away from what's working? I, I, you know, this is the, time, the t- kind of time of year when I start to lose track of what team's actual records are because I yeah. focus on fantasy. <laughs> no, I'm actually pulling it up right now as we speak. They're four and four, yep. I believe. Okay. They are, exactly. So, I mean, I mean that this is, this is kind of damning with faint praise, but four and four is a pretty good Titans team, judging by what we've seen in the last five or six years. Why would they go away from DeMarco Murray? Now, I will admit, Tommy, you and I discussed this on the SiriusXM program. I was never a big Derrick Henry guy. Mm-hmm. I thought he was kind of a bigger version of Melvin Gordon. I didn't think he ran with as much power as right. a guy that size should. And that's not to say he doesn't move exceptionally well for a guy who's built like a defensive tackle, because he does. But it's it always kind of bothered me that he was just kind of played up as this power back when really the only power I really saw out of Derrick Henry was when he got in the open field. And when a guy who weighs 255 pounds is in the open field and runs as fast as he does, well, of course nobody's going to tackle him. You know, there's a head of steam. But I didn't think he had the immediate power in the way DeMarco Murray has that immediate power. DeMarco Murray has that power at the point of attack in a way that I don't think Derrick Henry has. And Mike Malarkey is an overly conservative coach. I think they're riding DeMarco Murray. Now, 
this is, I mean, we're on a DFS podcast, but I've been kind of pounding the table for people to go after a guy like Derrick Henry in season long if he's been dropped, simply because I think if DeMarco Murray were to get hurt, Derrick Henry could be a league winner because he's going to get get the carries. But I think as long as Murray's active, I kind of lean more with Kev here. I don't know how I'd be doing with cash games, but his ownership percentage in GPPs is going to be down. And I still think he's got the opportunity in a pretty solid matchup. Not great. There's another defense, the Chargers, who have really improved throughout the year, especially when he's got Bosa back. Um, but you you combine all of those things, and I think Murray's still going to be fine. I think Murray – I think we're missing a part of this, and it really it's, – it's something that we kind of forget all of a sudden, that the first three or four years of Murray's career, he couldn't stay on the field for a full season, Right. Right. And that was one of the big things about him. He always averaged over four, even five yards a carry, but he just couldn't stay on the field. I mean, and when you look at his game logs, you'll see 13 games, 10 games, 14 games played, but that was not a real 13, 10, and 14 because in two of those games, he probably left and it counted as a game. So this is a guy who's had injury problems throughout his career. He had 400 carries in 2014. Last year, he only had, you know, 193 carries. This guy's had 160 attempts already. Halfway through the season, if you see flashes out of something behind him, he's already dealing with a toe problem. I personally fucking hate toe problems when I see running backs with toe and foot problems. He's, they say he's getting a little bit better. I just look at it from the other perspective of, yes, I still think he's the bell cow. Yes, I think he's the guy who's going to get 70% of the carries. But is, is DeMarco Murray going to be as productive for his price in DFS at 17 carries compared to 23 carries. I think that's the difference that we're going to see. The receptions have not been there. He's had four catches in the last three games. We saw Henry come out and catch more balls than DeMarco Murray last week by a ton. I think Henry actually had more catches. Henry had as many catches last week as DeMarco has in the last three weeks combined. I know, but this is not – we're not playing the last three weeks. These coaches are going to see the same stats yeah. that I do. That San Diego gives up eight catches a game to running backs, 7.5 over the I, last I'm the four. one who's been pointing it out so, since the preseason. So, so even, even with their better play, Joe, they're still giving up seven and a half catches per game to running backs. So, okay, give him three or four. Like, I'm still getting three or four catches from the market. I'm just saying at $7,600, we're used to 25 carries and four catches. And I think this week we're going to get – 17 carries and three or four catches. Yeah. Right. I will tell you this because Murray's been so productive, uh, you know, um, I, I just talked about having blinders on regarding the standings because he's been so productive. Um, it was one of those things where DeMarco Murray's always been a pass catcher. So I've just assumed, you know, because yeah. hey, nobody's complaining about DeMarco Murray, they right. must be getting catches. Tommy, actually, you surprised me with that stat. The four yeah. catches in the last three weeks. I would have, I would have bet the over on that like crazy. We had yeah, like 25 carries, in the first five weeks. But then his carries, 21, 25, 21, 27, No, but 25. Kevin, but I mean, his two games before that, he had 27 and 25 with eight targets. Like, it's – listen to me. DeMarco Murray is a guy who we could, outside of one season, has always worn down or the wheels have fallen off. Outside of one year. I so, feel a bet I mean, coming on, Tommy. You know, we're definitely going to have a bet on the Saturday podcast on this. <laughs> I still think he's a fantastic seasonal play. I still think he's a nice contrarian play. Uh, San Diego's defense is better against the run. You're talking about how exposed they get against the pass, but I think they're top 10 uh, in rushing yards allowed on the year. So you can kind of offset that a little bit. I just don't see him going for 27 points 
like we've been really looking yeah. for out of him. I think getting 17 out of him isn't going to be an issue, but I think that that 20 point mark might be where our bet lies on Saturday. Fair but enough, anyway, but people but, also don't realize how amazing the Tennessee offensive line is. I mean, they are just – Which means they can put anyone back there. And they're produce. just crushing people. No, I'm just saying, honestly, Derrick Henry, they're both going to eat. So, yeah. anyway. Yeah. I mean, speaking of both – yeah, speaking of both going to eat, here's an interesting situation, Dolan. I was mentioning uh, this morning when I was on the show with Guru – First thing I do every week is look at who's playing Sam Fran and play that running back no matter what his name is, even if it was Joe Dolan. Um, this week we have an interesting situation where Ingram was benched, and I think we're all of the impression that it was a little bit of an overreaction last week. We should see it kind of regress towards the mean, but is this a split carry situation now? Who do you yeah, like in this game? Here's the thing. You know, I, I uh, went on my little Twitter rant uh, last Sunday about Mark Ingram because I hate when coaches bench running yeah. backs for fumbling. You don't bench a receiver for dropping a pass. You don't bench a quarterback for fumbling or throwing an interception. You don't bench an offensive block. And all of those things can adversely affect your team. So I always thought it was a little ridiculous. But all considered, you also have to take into account that Tim Hightower played pretty damn well. Mm-hmm. well I don't think if Tim Hightower was, you know, averaging uh, 2.1 yards a pop, that Mark Ingram wouldn't have gotten back in the game. Right. But he didn't. You know, he was a sustainer. Hightower is one of those great stories, and I think my personal feeling is Sean Payton goes back to the well with Mark Ingram. I think he, I think he's like, all right, you know, Hightower played well last week. We got a W, but you're still our big money back. You're our starter. Go out there and show me what you can do. That's, that's my feeling on the situation. Do I think Hightower might get a few more carries? Absolutely. But I think people are going to be scared away from Mark Ingram, and I think they're going to – I think they're going to hand him the ball, maybe not 20 times, but 15 times in this game. And obviously with how decently well he catches the ball, that could be an interesting GPP play. No way would I be firing him up in cash simply right. because you can never pre- predict what uh, Sean Payton's going to do. And as you guys were saying, that kind of destroys an opportunity because cash game lineups against San Francisco's run defense, you typically want to target that running back. But I think Ingram's ownership will probably be down a little bit because of last week. Uh, significantly, he money, yeah. He could be a money winner. I think, I think there's, there's two different ways to play this. Because, I, I mean, you got to imagine that they're going to give Ingram the first crack again. I agree with you there, Dolan, you know. And if, if you get the first crack against San Fran, you really shouldn't need to worry about anything because you should just be walking at five yards a carry, basically, and there should yes. be no need to, to yank you. So that's comforting. I mean, the, the numbers are insane that San Fran is giving up, you know, on the ground. It's like literally like 200 yards a game over their last four games. I'm going to do a college football special like in like Alabama and play them both in a – And that's what I was just going to ask you, Kev. So I think the the multi-lineup people out there are going to all do the same thing. I I hear a lot of people saying that both these guys are going to project in at like 3 4%. Like I think they're going to be closer to 8 you know, I think Ingram will be like eight or nine, and then I think uh, Hightower will be like six. Oh, I don't think Ingram will be that high. But. I think he might just because I think a lot of people are going to do the – I'm going to make five teams, and I'm going to put Ingram on one, and I'm going to put Hightower on the other, and then I'm going to use the rest. So are you planning on splitting these up? And is there any credence to playing both these guys on a team in a GP? Uh, I, mean, I mean, technically there is because if they give up 300 yards rushing, like – there would be plenty of value to go around for both. I mean, it's really not an optimal situation because when you're trying to win a GPP, you're really trying to hit 
the nuts. And when I say that, I mean like the optimal lineup with the you're highest get 20 something points per player, from, right? Per player. Like you're not trying to get a 12 and a 15, you know, and that's really what you're looking at when you split it. So it really would be kind of stupid. I'm kind of joking as far as like, it's kind of like college. I said it earlier this week. It's kind of like, you know, Alabama and college football DFS where you could literally like play both these guys. Um, New Orleans is 32nd against the running back in the pass as well as 28th against the run. So they're just a sieve still. And they've actually San been Fran, playing. San Fran, you mean? Uh, yeah, but no, I, okay. But I was going to go over to the other side of the ball and talk about the fact that the pace here with, I think San Francisco is going to put up some points, guys. Um, which, well, I mean, Vegas does too. Yeah. You I mean, know, I, if, if you look at the line on this game, it was, you know, and, and I always look every week at which line looks funny. To see San Francisco in a 52-point total, uh, I know it's New Orleans, but that's part of the reason, too, why you have to have a little hesitation on the running back side of New Orleans because you also have Drew Brees on the team. It's different well, if you had, you know, Trevor Simeon playing quarterback and, you know, you would want to run the ball 35 times, but they're going to be airing it out, too. Exactly. Well, that's what I was going to say is basically I was getting to game flow. Game no, I think you were all over the place and you just found your way there by accident. Negative. Pretty I, much I was, everyone caught it, so I'll just call it out. And obviously, <laughs> if it's a shootout, that got to favor Ingram. Don't you agree, Joe? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, you also um, and, and I just you notice you just talk over Tom and ignore him. Like I've been, yeah. I've, I've become a. Baby just keeps talking until he finds what he was going to say. He just yeah. mixed up New Orleans and San Fran D, and I called. Take him out. into <laughs> take into account. Although, look, hey, they're going to San Francisco. It's not like they're going to Anchorage here. But the Drew Brees road splits are very real. Uh, right. Away from the dome, uh, he, he does perform worse. I think they will run it a little bit. Um, I wouldn't be opposed to loading up on Saints. Just like I, I look, I'll, I'll just be completely honest. I have no freaking clue what Sean Payton's going to do. We never have any clue. I don't know if Sean Payton knows what he's going to do before he does it. Tommy, what about what about John Coon in this matchup, Tommy? Shut the fuck up. Back to you, Joe. <laughs> I mean, well, I was just about to say, there's a guy who gave Kobe Fleener a rush attack two weeks ago. Well, yeah, and he scored a touchdown, and I won a lot of money on that touchdown. So I love well, congratulations. that. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah, and, and John Coon cost me about $72,000. Yeah, that was a complete troll, Joe, by the way, that I just did. Oh, uh, yeah, Tommy and Kevin's I had a discussion troll. about that. <laughs> that was a piece of shit. But, yeah, I mean, on the, I, let's talk about the other side of this game for a second, like, Ke- like Kevin pretended he wanted to get to when he said action. <laughs> So, I mean, it is interesting. I mean, a fucking idiot. people might be asking, you know, why we spending so much time on a San Francisco game. But, I mean, it's the second highest total on the board, too. Oh, so, I love this game. Love this, it. This is gold, and it's tough to analyze. I mean, we have Hyde looks like he's going to be back. And I am such a Hyde mark. I think everyone knows that. Yep. I drafted him high in every season league. I've been playing him it, since week one. In and the it's NFL. the plays, you guys. The opposing team runs so many plays against – uh, yeah. Chief Kelly offenses. This is a dream scenario. I'm not worried about Dr- Breeze's splits at all. Like, we saw him perform well at Kansas City. I mean, I think he could just absolutely annihilate here, and you're going to get him at a big percentage profit compared to – I mean, can you imagine if this was flip-flopped and he was at home against the Niners? He'd be like – Oh, my Lord. He'd be 50% on. So, take advantage of that percentage and play Drew Breeze. Yeah, yeah but on this side, mind. Joe, what like Kaepernick is someone who – I mean, the team total on San Fran is pretty high – yeah, Kaepernick's a guy who's looked like absolute dog shit, but the rushing yards have been there. It's a pretty soft matchup. Is Kaepernick someone you have any interest in? Because they got to get to these, you know, 24 points they're going to score somehow, right? Well, yeah, he is. And the reason is because so many of these, number one, six teams are on by, but so many of the lower end guys who you might be considering, uh, 
obviously Trevor Simeon, uh, his numbers have been down. Mm-hmm. Got Joe Flacco. Flacco going against Pittsburgh. Eli's going against Philadelphia. Case Keenum is going against Carolina. Look, I think a lot of people might be on Keenum because of the numbers Carolina's given up. But on film, that Carolina defense destroyed Arizona up front. It was all garbage time for Carson Palmer. So I would think Keenum, who, by the way, keep in mind that you're looking at uh, a situation where Jared Goff's been getting first-team reps. So he could get yanked. When you look at a lot of these younger uh, – uh, Tyrod Taylor, he's at Seattle. So a lot of these lower-end guys who you might be thinking of plugging into your lineup so you can save a few bucks, they've got difficult matchups. They've got a lot of things working against them. Kaepernick going up against New Orleans, if you really want to save money at the quarterback position, I don't think there's anybody who's more appealing than him. Because you, as you know, Tommy, uh, you've been a Kaepernick. You've been talking him up for DFS. He could go 13 to 30 and still put up 17 fantasy points. I mean, the thing about it is, you know, you, you look for that kind of, you know, and I'm not a big X guy, 2X, 3X, whatever. But, I mean, right. if you're looking at DraftKings, it's 5,600. You know, you know, triple that first number is really kind of where you're at, you know. So, if he's 5,600, you're looking for somewhere in the ballpark or like 17 points, you know, 15 to 17 points. Could he have physically looked any worse than he has in his first two starts? Like he's, he's been, been really a fucking abortion for two starts and he's hit three X both times. So like his floor, his guard, I made a joke last week. I think it was on the pod or on the radio. I forget which one it was, but I was like, listen, worst case scenario for Kaepernick against Tampa Bay is like a buck 50 passing 75 rushing yards and a touchdown. And it's exactly what he got. But it was still 16 points, and it didn't kill you. So in a high total, going against New Orleans at 5,600, I mean, if he gets you 20, you're, you're fine. You know, yeah. like you have a lot of savings. You know, I'm with Kev. I think it's a great week to spend up on quarterbacks because it's the big guys who have great, the great matchups. The lower-end guys just don't. But if you want to be contrarian there, I think Kaepernick's probably your best bet. Yeah, I have and him I as think, a cash game wreck in my cheat sheets, believe it or not. So Yeah, I mean, he's he's been a real-life football wreck, but he's definitely And, and you're going to look at – see, Dak Prescott, if you're going GPP, Dak Prescott's going to be heavily owned. Yep. Right. Because he's going up at, against Cleveland. So there's a pivot there, I think. Yeah, and with the, with the quarterback we've been noticing, they're actually – I mean, like Aaron Rodgers is going to be the chalk this week. He'll probably come in at like 14%. I would say might flirt with 15. Andrew Luck will probably come in around 10. And then every, everyone under that is going to be single digits. So, you know, the difference between getting Dak Prescott at 9 or trying to get cute with Sam Bradford at 2%. Yep. Because you know, two of the most appealing options are going off the board on Thursday. Yeah, exactly. And and then we have six buys. So, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't playing right now. So, I don't think we need to get overly cute with quarterback percentage. And one of the things that I'm noticing is the more buys there are, it seems like the more important the quarterback position is. Just because, I mean, look at last week. Everyone who had Derek Carr won all the money. Like, because there's less teams playing, which means there should be lower scores. Shorter slates lead to lower scores, correct, Kevin? You know, the more teams that are playing, the, the more upside there is for someone to go crazy. So I think paying up for quarterback does make a lot of sense this week. And it's, and it's, we'll talk about it on the Saturday podcast. You know, a few of the guys, Kevin, I know you have one that you absolutely love that we talked about in the pre-show, which we won't mention here. But, um, yeah, I think this is a week to consider paying up. Yeah, and I also think that we should move on to the Thursday night game. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm with that too. Dolan, any other big injuries that you see that you wanted to run through in two seconds uh, here? Nothing uh, significant right now. Um, uh, T.Y. Hilton's interesting. You were talking about Andrew Luck. He didn't practice. I think he mentioned that he's not sure he can play. Yep. That San Diego receiving core, uh, Travis Benjamin, Tyrell Williams, Hunter Henry, they're all dealing with knees. Mm-hmm. I think all three of them are just going to suck it up because their buy's coming up. So um, I think they're just all three going to play and then going to um, obviously um, are going to – get healthy over the bye. And then obviously the big one, Tommy, you and I discussed this on the show. I think there's something wrong with Ben Roethlisberger, like mentally. He just doesn't feel pain. <laughs> I love like, him I, so much. I, Dude, do you I, know Jeff Manns calls him a pussy and says that he's got a skirt and he's a little baby and a little bit. Like me and Jeff have argued the Ben Roethlisberger thing so many thing. times. He thinks he's a pussy. I'm like, he's a He's fucking Wolverine, dude. The reason is the reason is is because he's always hurt, which right. I understand. He gets murdered but, back there. But the reason he always gets hurt is because he always plays hurt, and he plays hard. I right. mean, like, nobody else uses to throw the ball away. He just yeah, stands. He up. hangs in yeah. the pocket and gets fucking drilled as yeah. he's releasing. I mean, I think there's some. I honestly think there's something like not connecting there in his brain, where it's like, right. you know, I got I got shot in the leg up. Oh, I'll miss a couple of plays. Like, I'm honestly – like, I, I would not be shocked if, like, Roethlisberger got run over by a car or something. And then, like, you see the Steelers' Twitter say, Ben Roethlisberger had a successful amputation of his left foot. He's day-to-day. Yeah. No, like, yeah, I, I, mean, I used to believe in karma until Ben Roethlisberger emerged. You know, it's like clearly karma's a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Forget it. Yeah, I, I have a lot of bad karma coming my direction. That consistently comes in my direction. But, yeah, no, I think that's interesting. He's really cheap, too. I mean, a couple of the guys that you see on there. Ben Roethlisberger is, what, 6,600, I think, on DraftKings? Sexy. Really and, and, and they need him, too, because they're, they're a bad football team without him. Their defense yeah, Andrew, isn't very good. I mean, he Lux, might be in terms of – I mean, outside of maybe Brady, like, he might be – or Luck. Luck, Andrew Luck, too, but – I mean, Ben might be just one of the – if you're talking Vegas point spreads, one of the biggest one of the biggest guys who will adjust to spread. Maybe, I mean – His injury, yeah. I mean, like two and a half, three points, if not more than that. Yeah, it could, and, it, and it usually should be more than that because you're yeah. coming in with Landry Jones. It's not like you have anything viable behind him. Let's talk about this Thursday night game. Um, obviously, we got a lot of fireworks. Now, I'm torn here, and, and Joe, we're going to talk about it on the show again today, but obviously different group of listeners, so we can go through it now and then do it again later. Um, one of the things that has me scared shitless tonight is this is not the first sexy Thursday night matchup, but every Thursday night matchup so far this year has seemed to be a complete and utter abortion. And obviously it has something to do with a short week. You know, we've, we've done studies and understood that that's a part of the reason why Thursday night games tend to underproduce. But it's very difficult, very difficult to actually go in here and look at this game and think, I'm going to fade it. But let's first talk about who the targets are and then get into if it makes sense to fade it because I have an opinion on it. So, Dolan, I'm going to start with you. Well, I think the guys who everybody's going to be targeting are the Tampa Bay running backs just because they're so cheap. I will be completely honest, Tommy. I have very little read on this. Uh, Now, the assumption is, and I guess the hints thrown out there, are that they want Anton Smith to be the guy for Tampa because he's familiar with uh, Cutter from their time together in Atlanta. But Anton Smith has been in the league for like seven, eight years. He's 31 years old. Did you guys know he's never had more than six touches in a game ever? 
And you know he's had like some of the most explosive games in NFL history. Yeah, like, I mean, but yeah, it's amazing, it like, right? Like I want to see this guy with a full workload so bad. Like he, here's one of the things with Smith. He was like the stone cold Steve Austin of uh of fan, of football when he was with Atlanta a couple years ago. Literally, the glass would shatter. He'd run off for a 75 yard <laughs> touchdown and then he'd leave. Like it, it, it was amazing. It's like Austin when he'd come out and just stun everybody in the ring. Like. I mean, <laughs> That's exactly what he did, but there's obviously a reason here that he hasn't gotten more touches. That scares me a little bit. Do you think there is? I mean, because I, I, I've looked, at, I've been talking about Anton Smith for years, right? Like he's not young. He's he's what? In his thirty-two. He's thirty-one. Years old, I believe. Thirty-one years old or thirty-two years old. Is there a reason? Because I've watched this guy pretty much. I mean, I think it's safe to say we've watched every play of his career because he only has like twenty-eight of them, but. I have never seen him look bad doing anything at any point. Like, yeah, he's maybe, a core special teams guy. I wonder if that's, that's why what he's I'm saying. Going. There has to be something that is not correlated to his actual running back football ability, and there has to be either something else. Maybe he's just really fucking dumb, and he can only run, like, two different places or he can't think of a playbook. I, mean, I, I would nothing. love to talk to, like, coaches who know this guy because he's on his sixth NFL team only three of which he's made a regular season appearance for. He has 53 offensive touchdowns. Uh, 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 touches, excuse me. Not touchdowns, even though it seems like it he's seems like 53 offensive touchdowns. But uh, only 53 offensive touches in his entire career. I mean, this is, this is so weird. Um, and it scares me because I'm with you. I feel like I could see this going like, oh, crap. I loaded up on Anton Smith, and he got eight touches, and he killed me this week. Or I could see him going, man, I was such a dumbass here. I faded Anton Smith. He got 18 touches, went for 150 yards, and scored two touchdowns. I think, I think in my end, Kev, I'll kick over to you in a second. But for me personally, I'm dying to know what his ownership is going to be. And, Kev, I'll kick to you because I can't get a feel for it right now in the Thursday contest. But if his ownership's going to be low, I'm all in. Just for the simple fact that he's so cheap, one, so he doesn't need to do too much. But the big thing here is – Dolan, you give me eight touches at Anton Smith. I'm I'm 95% sure I'm getting a touchdown. <laughs> like it's just, you know, I feel like eight touches and, for him. Yeah, and then you look at what they've done with another guy in Jacquez Rogers, who had never been a foundation back in the NFL either. And they're giving him 30 touches a game. So yeah. I mean, I think that probably is the simplest answer. But they also brought back this guy, Mike James, who had been with the team for a couple years. Yeah, um, I remember him. Who they cut. Uh, they have Peyton Barber, who's Marion Barber's cousin. Um, he's just kind of a plotter power back, but he also busted off a long touchdown run a couple weeks ago. I'm actually really interested to sit back and watch this game. Honestly, guys, I haven't decided what I'm doing for DFS with this game because it's so intriguing to me, but it's also kind of frightening. It's, a, it's intriguing to fade too. Kev, what's your, what's your approach here? Well, I think, you know, Anton Smith got, you know, four carries on 22 snaps last week, and that was his career high, four carries, like ever. That's the most carries he's ever gotten in a game which is pretty unbelievable because he's got, you know, those touchdowns that we all remember. Um, he also had a 30-yard catch. I don't think there's any reason why at 3K he's not going to hit value even in a timeshare, but I don't know if there's a whole lot of upside there. thought it's really interesting that they did sign Mike James. I remember in that first game in 2013, Joe, against Seattle, he went absolutely ham, and I looked it up. It was 28 carries for 158 yards, and he threw a TD pass against Seattle. <laughs> in 
in 2013. At basically in the same scenario where they basically pulled him off the street and it was his first fucking game. So it's a weird, weird scenario. I wouldn't go too heavy because you might, in. You might really tilt yourself, dude. All in. And I'm going to have to get those text messages, Tommy. So I really All don't want I am fucking such an Anton Smith mark. But on the other side of the ball, because I like to move over to the other side of the ball like I did in San Francisco. So you want to just skip the rest of Tampa Bay and just talk about you – know, No, we're, we're just talking about running, back? about running backs really quick. Oh, okay. just, let's just talk about Freeman and then move – you know, we can move on to the rest of the game. But, like, Tampa Bay is – like, I, the, the big, you know, in vogue term is – uh, it's, funnel defense. It's a funnel defense. I heard this one time, so I'm going to say it every time. <laughs> I'm going to say it every time now. You know, it's like they're really not that good. They're right? not a funnel they're, defense. They're not. I mean, they're 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 allowing like they're getting smashed. Yeah, and they're allowing quite a lot of receptions to running backs. They're they're giving up yards. They're the fifth most points to running backs over the last four weeks. Yeah, I think Freeman is pretty much like a cash game lock and load for me if I'm playing on Thursdays. Here's the good news about Freeman. He had 15 touches last week, which is not what you would have expected. I would have definitely taken the over on that. I probably would have taken the over on, say you gave me 19 and a half, I would have taken the over on that. Sure. I think that was more of a Green Bay thing, but yeah, for sure. He still was a top five running back. Now he scored two touchdowns, but he still was a top five. I think he's going to be the red zone and goal line guy. That's critical. He'll mix in this Terrence. Ward, but I think Freeman, and keep in mind, though Gerald McCoy's back for Tampa, Clinton McDonald, the other defensive lineman, he is out. So their their run defense really hasn't been healthy. They have speed at linebacker with um, with Levante David and uh, Quan Alexander. That's that's critical for them, but no Clinton McDonald. I still think this is a great spot for Freeman. I agree. What's going on with Ridley? Not that he's going to be impactful on any level, but I know that they signed him like a week ago. I haven't really stayed on top of it. I don't don't know if he even played or got a snap last week, but is this something where we might see Ridley worked in at all? I don't think so, Tommy, because Taron Ward actually led them in rushing last week. So Mm. it's not like he hurt them. He had 40 – Freeman only had 35 yards rushing last week. Right, yeah. Taron Ward had six carries at five or six. Yeah, Ward had 46. Um, So I don't think think Ridley's something to worry about here because, once again, I go to Occam's Razor in these situations. Why would they change what they did? Taron Ward had a pretty good game for what they asked him to do. Yeah, so that's the thing. As long as I know, as long as I know it's just Freeman and Ward, then I'm fine with it. You know, because it's going to be a 70-30, You would imagine um, if Ridley uh, started to work his way in and steal three, four carries too, then it gets. Because I'm looking for a reason to fade Devontae Freeman today. It's very difficult to do so. Well, your uh, reason, your reason would be that he had only 15 touches last week and gained just 58 yards from scrimmage. Yeah, but you know what? I was off him. I was on full fade of him last week because it was Green Bay. You know, the yeah. Green Bay rushing D is is pretty gangster. And they don't give out a ton of, up a ton of receptions to running backs either. So, But this is a little bit of a different matchup. So I felt like it was easier for me to fade him last week. But again, I think it's kind of like the Kaepernick situation where, you know, we saw Kaepernick's floor and he still did okay for you. And this is, you know, that last week was Devontae Freeman's touch floor for sure, like you said. And he still – even he if still take, looks take, great to me. Like, yeah, and yeah, even if you does. take one of those touchdowns away, like yeah. take one of the two touchdowns away – he still scored just 16 points, which is fine. Yeah, right. With Coleman yeah. out of the way, dude, he's a cash game lock and yeah, load yeah. for the foreseeable future, dude, almost regardless yeah. of match. It's like to... a pretty bad hamstring for Coleman, too, yeah. by the way. I yeah. mean, but there, was not, there was not even a whisper of him having a chance to play this week. So I, I, would, I would guess that he's probably on track to be back next week with the long layoff, but um, there wasn't even a whisper that he had a chance to play this yeah. week. 
No, it's pretty. It's definitely. It does not does not look good over there. And I'm pretty fucking pissed off because I drafted Freeman. I'm a Freeman mark, so I drafted him very high in all my drafts. Also, I basically so, was planning but, on going into the season with Freeman Hyde on every team. That was my plan. And uh, after Freeman had the slow start, I sold him really early. You know, I just didn't like what I saw right out the gate. And I was like, mm-hmm. fuck this. I could still get a haul for him. And now I'm really – with the timeshare, I was fine with it. And now all of a sudden I have a good team heading towards the playoffs. I'm like, fuck, I could really use Devontae Freeman right now. So yeah. it was actually a trade that I felt like I did the right thing. And now I'm still getting fucked for it. So there's your karma, Kev. Let's go to the receiving side of this game. Uh, what intrigues you more, the Atlanta side or the Tampa side through the air, Dolan? This intrigues me close. more is the Tampa side. Because Mike Evans is going to be shadowed by Desmond Trufant. Absolutely mm-hmm. going to be shadowed. However, he has a huge size advantage. And one of those staple routes that they've run with Mike Evans – that deep crosser is the exact same play that Jordy Nelson made his big play against Atlanta last week. The exact same play. So I think uh, people might fade Evans because of the matchup with Trufant, but I think he's got the advantage here. And I, and I think we have to uh, – I don't know if – was Trufant playing week one when they played Atlanta? Yeah. Yeah, he yeah, was in so, there. I mean, Evans went five. Five for 99 with a touchdown on him, you know, in and week one. Remember, Jameis was terrible in that game. Yeah, and Actually, yes. Jameis has been terrible for most of the year. No, he yeah. had four TDs in that game, 280 yeah, but, he, but he didn't yeah, play but that he well. he really struggled right. early on. Yeah, like, and that was, um, that was the week I played him over Dak. Shout out, Jeff Collins. So, statistically, he was good, but I guess, you know, like, yeah, if you looked at the tape. He's really bad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, an interesting trend here, like, looking back at the Thursday aspect of it, like, I don't think we want to factor that in too much here and just be like, because of the day of the week, you know, I just think well, it's, to- it's more than just the day of the week. It's a nationally televised game on short rest. Right. I know, but the so Falcons, there's more factors than just it's played on a Thursday. The Falcons are trending seven and one to the over this year. Now that might be one thing if they're the Browns and all their over unders have been 40 and a half all year. But their over-unders, I looked, have been the highest of almost any team throughout the year. They've been 47s to 52s, 53s, and they're still trending 7-1 to the over. So I'm really liking the way their high-powered offense, along with their shitty defense, has led to great, great game script all year long. So How are you – sorry, Kev. How are you guys treat, treating Julio? Because, you know, I, I made this point on Sunday on, on the game day show with Matt Camp. And I, I wasn't trying to load this statement in any way whatsoever. I wasn't trying to insinuate something with it. But it seems like I can't remember the last time Julio had a game where he wasn't limping at some point. And yeah. although I survived on DraftKings last week, actually I did really well on DraftKings last week, he freaking slaughtered me on FanDuel. Like, I, like last week I thought, oh my Lord, Green Bay, it's going to be a shootout. Green Bay's missing its top 13 cornerbacks. Uh, it was all and over. he catches three passes. I had him on uh, literally – I probably had $10,000 invested in Julio Ware team. You know, like I had him on literally almost all my lineups. Yeah, and, you know, I actually survived with that combo on drafting. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You could survive with it, but you couldn't thrive with it at all. Yeah, you know? and, and, you know, I, I, I finished second in the crossover. Um, I cashed all of my cash games. But, I mean, I think I, I, I might have gotten – I think I got cleaned out on FanDuel. Who got? Who finished first in that? Did did someone play car in a single entry? Oh, I already oh. told you to screw yourself. <laughs> yeah, go fuck it, go. <laughs> yeah. 
And by the way, just while we're talking, who's the reigning champ? Okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> let's not talk about this year. <laughs> Your season-long team is fucking annihilating it, though. Dude, my season-long team has gotten bludgeoned. You realize that, right? I lost Sammy Watkins. I lost Eric Decker. I lost, like, half my team. I lost three of my first four-round picks. Yeah, and it's going to take, it. take a fucking loss this week, too, because you're playing – you're playing yeah. the magic sports guy. So. Yeah, you're garbage. You're garbage. Hey, I gotta, I gotta go run and deal with a, uh, a corporate fire here. We're, we're dealing over at Fantasy Guru Elite, Thomas. So will you no, and we don't uh, need you. We're close to wrapping up. So me and Dolan will take it from here. Oh man. Hey, Joe, thanks for coming on, man. I'll talk to you soon, buddy. All right, Kev, you got it, brother. All right. Good. All right, now that we got rid of that fucktard, so <laughs> get to the real shit. <laughs> so anything else in this game you're looking at, Dolan? Uh, how about the tight end position? Brayden yeah. and Hooper are yes. both interesting. Um, do you I, like more? I like Hooper more. Yeah, I do too. Um, Bray, Bray's one of those guys who like, I kind of like him a little bit more in season long than I do for DFS because in season long, you can plug him in there and you have a reasonable expectation of like five catches for 40 yards. And right. I always take that for my tight end in season long, but you probably want a little bit more in DFS. Yeah, because I'm thinking I'm, I'm definitely going to play Hooper in this game because I don't think a lot of people are going to be on him. You know, and he's like 2,500 over there on DK. So I feel like even if I fade the game, I'm still going to get Hooper in there just because yeah. the lineup that I was building for Sunday, I just, it was one of those lineups that just fell in my lap on Monday night when I was just tilting and built it like first day of the week. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. And it had Ladarius Green at 2,500 at tight end because I was thinking maybe he'll play this week. And I don't want to reshuffle the whole fucking Rubik's Cube. So yeah. I'm basically just going to swap Ladarius Green out, put Hooper in. And then I can keep my same Sunday team for, uh, for my Thursday lineups. But, I mean, can we fade? What can we fade here? I'm with you, Dolan. I'm comfortable fading Julio for some reason. Um, I, again, I just don't like that he's banged up. I'm comfortable fading the aerial attacks, I think, on both sides. It's just the Devontae Freeman question is, can you fade him in the G? Yeah, look, here's the thing I'm worried about, Tommy. It's one of those games where I almost always kind of get scared off on Thursday night when I look at it and say, you know what, this could easily be a shootout. Right. Because my, my, my initial reaction, the way I play, is always to go El Cheapo on Thursday night, get somebody I kind of like right. on the cheap in there, and then um, just play the rest of the slate and hope everything else crashes and burns. Yes. But I can see both things happening here. I was actually kind of looking at the Atlanta defense as kind of a, a, a cheap play. Um, but I was actually surprised to learn when I took a d deeper look at it. Jameis has just one pick in his last three games. You wouldn't expect that from Jameis. And then, of Which course, is amazing considering, you know, his. But wait, you know, Jameis is one of those throwers, Tommy. He, he, he's, he reminds me of Carson Palmer in that he's, in his career, Jameis is always going to throw interceptions. Yeah. I mean, it's just the way he throws. He's a challenging thrower. He trusts his receivers to make plays. And when you trust your receivers to make plays, sometimes they don't. Right. And obviously he's had struggles beyond that. So I was thinking, you know, Atlanta's a bad defense that's starting to get a little bit out of its pass rush. Um, and they rush Jameis and they force him into throws. Maybe he throws a pick six. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I actually, you know, I, I've probably studied Jameis more than maybe any other quarterback in the NFL over the last couple of years. Uh, just, I've been really intrigued by him. He's always been cheap in DFS and he's a guy who I think has tremendous, he's got Favre like qualities where he could go, you know, 403 touchdowns, or he can go 230 and five interceptions, you know? Yep. So he's a guy that I like as a GPP player. Uh, I played him week one, had a phenomenal week in that game. I had like 3% owned. One of the things I've noticed, and you probably noticed the same thing, 
as his attempts rise, his interceptions shoot through the roof, which would make sense that as your attempts rise, your interceptions should go up, obviously, for a multitude of reasons. But if you really look at the first three weeks, four weeks, when he threw like, what did he have, 10 or eight interceptions in the first four yeah, weeks? Yeah, he had, four he four had eight picks in his first uh, four games. He's only right. had uh, no, one. He in his averaged last. like 45 or 44 attempts a game over that period of time. Over the last three games where he's only had one pick, he's averaged 30.6 attempts a game. So I think it has a lot to do with if you think the Tampa Bay running game is going to be successful and if you think that this is going to be a shootout, the higher likelihood of a shootout, the better Atlanta's defense looks, oddly enough. You know, well, no yeah, because you want them in those situations. They're going to give up yards and points, but you want turnovers and sacks right. here. And you want, you want them to – you want Jameis dropping back. You want him to be exposing – because Jameis will stand there. You know, he'll play in the pocket, and then he'll, he'll have some Ill, ill-fated throws that he'll rush, or he'll have some when, when Vic Beasley's hanging off of him and he throws it up trying to make a play. You're right. If you're playing Atlanta's defense here, you're, you're looking for the big plays. You're not looking for a shutout. Because you're not getting it. You're assuming that you're going to give up some points. You know, and Tampa, Jameis will get sacked. He's like a little, probably a little worse than middle of the pack as far as getting sacked. So it it does make for an interesting play. Uh, Anything else on this week's slate? Any other injury news and notes that you wanted to get out there before we shut this Uh, moment? Nothing that I I think we didn't cover. Um, I'm always a little hesitant to make sweeping, uh, sweeping uh, declarations about the injuries on a Thursday morning because – you know, we still need to see practice today. But I think we got everything out. And just a little season-long uh, thing, man, I really hope you didn't trade Antonio Brown if you had yeah. him. <laughs> and, and, and the thing about it right now, he's, uh, for DFS perspective, he's under $9,000 for the first time all Ooh, week. I, if, if, we get any, if we get confirmation that Ben's playing, yeah. load up on AB because I think he's going to go nuts. He'll be the highest-owned receiver. One thing I did say we were going to talk about that I missed out, if you guys go to FanDuel, I don't even know if you've noticed this, Joe. A lot of people haven't. There's a guy, I forget his name. He's, he's a no-name wide receiver for Oakland who's priced at $0. Um, really? $0. Yes, he is priced at $0 this week. And me and Collins and Kevin were having a discussion earlier today. Is it even worth messing around with some lineups with this guy in it, taking the 0? Because you can get literally anyone you want. It's not like having a 0 at tight end or kicker or defense either. Wide receiver, you know, most of your lower-end wide receivers you know, are probably still in that $6,000 range. Like, you know, when you talk Michael Thomas, Kenny Britt, guys that you'll be rostering on FanDuel, you know, Tavon Austin's 56. So you're saving almost six grand. I basically took a zero with Julio and Spencer Ware last week anyway. Exactly, and you still cash. (laughs) So, I mean, his name is Johnny Holton, and he's at $0. So if you want to have some fun, go build some lineups. Uh, He's not in the optimizer right now because he had a zero projection, but we're putting him in. Uh, Again, this is the manual oversight that we do for these optos. I'm curious to see what I can get out of a lineup with this guy. But I need you to answer me a question, Dolan. How yes. fucking dumb does every – do these sites have to be to let this happen multiple times over the course of a year? I really like, don't know. It, it, it's a fucking line of code, right? Like, I'm not a tech guy. I don't know jack shit about coding. But I have to assume you can put something in there that to, says to do not ever make a player that. under 4,500. Yeah. Um, well, also, Tommy, just interestingly enough, you're not necessarily going to take a zero on Johnny Holton. 
No, he, he, he has sees the five. field. He has one catch and five rush attempts this year. Yeah, so, he sees the field. He I had, mean, uh, he actually get like two or three points. And for the love of God, maybe they, they run a jet sweep with him and he goes 60 yards to the house. Imagine, imagine I mean, Johnny Holton scores a touchdown this week. You play him with the, the assumption you're taking a zero. Yeah. You I mean, have to play him with that assumption. Now, the, the reason I'd be hesitant to do that is because I did all kinds of gymnastics last week to fit Julio and to fit Doug Baldwin and to fit Spencer Ware into my FanDuel lineup, and they all crushed me anyway. Right, so, that's, that's the thing. That's, that's the, the risk thing. you take. I mean, I'm just going right now. All I did was just click the most expensive quarterback, two running backs, and then two wide receivers, which are Odell and Antonio Brown. And then let's click right here. Let's go Greg Olsen. Too. So if I were to play Aaron Rodgers, Zeke, Le'Veon Bell, Odell Beckham, Antonio Brown, Greg Olson with Holton, I have 39.50 left for kicker and D. So I can literally take Olson and just drop him to someone who's still good but not great. You know, someone in the, you know, Kobe Fleener, you know, Delaney Walker range. And now I have 4,500 for kicker and D. So you can literally get the most expensive player at every position. I just don't think you need to do it this week. Yeah. What about Gary Barnage? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, with, with, yeah, with Gary Barnage, you could definitely fit it. Now you can get a really good defense and a really good kicker, but you know, you got fifty-one hundred for kicker and D. So you can literally get anyone you want. I just think on this week you don't need to do it because I can yeah. actually build a lineup this week with most of those guys in it that I would want and make one adjustment and not have to worry about eating the zero. But it definitely is interesting. Uh, definitely is absolutely fucking stupid. That these sites continue to do this, putting guys that are valued at zero, and you know having you know Devonte Booker at thirty-seven fucking hundred, so that he's sixty-five percent owned. Like, there, how hard is it to just have one individual, one guy, one unbiased human who's played DFS before? Because both companies have these people in them to just go, hey, salaries launch in ten minutes. Can you just look at this and make sure make we didn't sure we egregiously fuck up anything? And they could just manual Devontae Booker. Let's make him 57. Well, this guy's zero. That's fucking dumb. Let's make him 45. It would take me or you, Dolan, seven minutes to fucking fix. Or even just don't even – you don't even have to raise prices. Take him out. Nobody's going to notice if you don't have Johnny Holton in there. Right. And and it just doesn't make any fucking sense how you can't have one individual who he has a a seven-minute-a-week job to just go and fix. Because it more than the the Holton zero, the Devontae Booker at 3,700s kill me more that pisses me off a hell of a lot more yeah, just because you know there's no strategy involved you and put him in know it's a 70 percent play and if, now and if he gets five points well then everybody had five points from right him, so it doesn't and, even and matter if he gets 35 then you know everyone lost anybody who fade, faded him uh uh is lost yeah i don't like that my whole week every week has been revolving around making my lineup decisions based off one or two random backup running backs that are mispriced you know like i want to make my lineup decisions based on building the best nice contrarian GPP lineup I can not spending nine hours last week, pulling my fucking hair out. going, do I fade Devonte Booker? Or do I not fade Devonte Booker? Like that shouldn't, that shouldn't be the process and it's very easy to fix. So DraftKings, FanDuel, if you guys would like me to be that person, I will, I will do that for you. I will go in and spend seven minutes every Sunday night for you and fix all the ridiculous dumb shit with these billion dollar companies running hundreds of millions of dollars in action each day you can i mean you're not going to see vegas put a line out wrong you shouldn't have your prices out wrong so i'll end on that note but dolan any final words for the people out there before we put some lipstick Uh, i had a lot of fun
Yeah. <laughs> let's, just put, let's just put that out there. And you're going to deal with me for another hour on the radio. I know. What the hell? So your, your day is fucked. You're, you're over. So thank you guys for tuning in. Uh, I want you guys to all do me a favor out there in, Twitter, in the Twitterverse. First of all, follow our boy Joe Dolan at FG underscore Dolan. Uh, we're going to be having him on a lot more on the pods and the shows. Uh, doing some articles even. It's pretty chaotic over there at fantasyguru.com right now. And he's one of the one of the main guys over there that keeps that ship running. So once things calm down a little bit on that side, we'll be using them a little bit more on this side. But I want you to all do one thing for me. And don't fucking say anything, okay? This is a secret right now. Kevin Adams does not go back and listen to these podcasts. He has never listened to one in his life. So he has no idea this is being said right now. I want every one of you to go on Twitter and tag me at Tommy G and, Doge, and Joe Dolan and just don't make it obvious, but just write, damn, the pod got better when Kevin dropped off. Something along <laughs> those lines. Right? And make it different. Don't use those exact words, but say, hey, Kev, great job, but I got to say it was so much better. Like, just if he gets flooded with that, he's not going to know what the fuck is going on and he's not going to know we just scripted this. So do that for me as a favor. You're listening to FantasyGuruElite.com midweek non-subscriber podcast. We'll have the subscriber podcast out. Uh, around the same time as usual, sometime between, you know, 3 and, I'd say, 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. on Saturday. Appreciate you guys. Love you guys. Get over there. Sign up for NBA. Click a button. Win some money. This is your boy, Tommy G. Thank you, Joe Dolan. We're at it here. Good luck. Stay cash. Forgive me for my wrongs. I have just begun. Mafia.